Hey guys, it's Lonnie. Um, I'm going to be going outside soon to have an interview with my grandmother, Carmen Rosa. We're going to be talking about privilege, mostly male privilege and white privilege. Before we get into that, I wanted to just remind you guys, I do divination readings, tarot, oracle, and pendulum. My TikTok and Instagram are your grounded destiny. Uh, when we go outside, there's going to be some background noises because we're outside. So if you guys can't listen that way, that's just... A reminder also to drink water today and eat something and if you would like to be on this podcast just dm me all right guys and here is my grandmother hi my name is carmen rosa we are in puerto rico in a plaza in all san juan this is my country and i'm so happy to be here with my granddaughter milan (laughs) okay so today's topic is just like privilege and i want to keep it vague so we can go into any direction and so that we can speak on a little bit of all the different topics sounds great okay so how would you define privilege so when i think of privilege i think of whiteness Mm -hmm. and white meaning the skin tone of someone and meaning that um, white people have been normalized. Everything about them is normal. They don't even have to think about being white Mm -hmm. and having the privilege of being normal, not being looked upon as being less than. Mm -hmm. So they're privileged. Yeah. Okay. Um, So that you went right straight to white privilege. Do you think of any other type of privilege when you hear privilege? Oh, sure. Absolutely. (laughs) The second one that I think about is male privilege. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can talk a lot about different examples of how us women um, are in a second class citizen, even Mm -hmm. though much has been done in terms of our uh, ability to move in in and out of uh, academia, workplace, and so on and so forth, but still as a second-class citizen. Yeah. Okay, so that's actually pretty good because when I first think of privilege, the first thing I think of is white privilege, but then the second one is male privilege because number one is my race. That's the first thing that that um, I'm seen as. Like, it's called systemic racism for a reason. My race is number one. Um, And then being a black woman, black women are also just treated much differently than a white woman because of that racial difference as well. Um, And so that's just kind of how I differentiate. And that's why white privilege always sticks out to me first. Sure. Understood that. I understand that. Um, What is a good example that you have of white privilege? So, you know, the classic one. Um going into a store if you and I go into a store even though I am a woman of color I am Latina uh, I can go into a store and most likely um, I will not be profiled Mm -hmm. I will be probably left alone to look around shop Um, though uh, it is well understood and it's been recorded and and I'm sure you've experienced that Mm -hmm. and we know you've experienced (laughs) that right yeah that um, your skin tone, which is very dark, mm-hmm. um, you will be asked, oh, can I help you? Or uh, is there anything I can do for you? Mm-hmm. And the suspicious looks yeah. are there. They're evident. And, and you and I can talk. I mean, maybe you may <laughs> want to talk about, but the experience we had not too long ago, um, probably six months ago, 
where you were definitely profiled. Dang, which one was this? There's so many. I can't remember. <laughs> um, the one at the hotel where you were buying Oh, some yeah. Things. Okay. So um, I was buying stuff. We were at this hotel and I just wanted snacks because we were really hungry. But we weren't going to go anywhere yet because, like, it's New York and there's a lot of traffic from just going there. So we didn't want to, like, we wanted to wait for you guys, I think it was. Right. And um, your son, my uncle. And I was buying um, some snacks for my mom and I, and I remember some like white man just yelled at me like, did you pay for that? And I just looked and I was like, yeah, like why, why wouldn't I? And he was like, good, good. And it was just like that patronizing sound of like, why wouldn't I pay for that? Correct. So people can, there's a window, people can see if I'm stealing, there's cameras. Right. If I were stealing, they would know. Right. There's a there's like three people at the front desk, You're, and he didn't work there. Um, and when we reported it, um, didn't um, I think the manager say that he did that to someone else, like he was inappropriate in a different way, at a different time. I'm not sure, but that's a perfect example, Milan, of the height of whiteness and the privilege. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was self um, assured to be the police mm-hmm. of a black young woman shopping. <laughs> at a hotel lobby um, and that was very painful I know it was painful for you right yeah I mean I'm pretty used to it it was just like why is some random person yelling at me right and then also because I have anxiety so like I don't like to be called out in front of a whole bunch of people sure especially if I didn't do anything exactly that's just more I feel like I'm so used to being black that it's not that surprising it's just more embarrassing sure Especially when I didn't do anything. If I did steal, you know what? Call me out because I took something and that's Mm -hmm. wrong. But I didn't do anything. So now it's just like, why are you? Right. There's no need. Um, But he basically, the reason why he questioned it was definitely because of your skin uh, tone. Because I am 100% sure that had it been a young white woman your age coming out of the lobby candy area, he would not have asked that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. The, the real crime, though, is that I was shopping at a hotel lobby because, you know, that's like twice as much. <laughs> but <laughs> that was a crime in itself. <laughs> I'm glad that you have a good sense of humor about it, Milan. Um, I remember this other time it was a black woman that just kept looking at me and she kept like making sure that like I wasn't grabbing anything or um, stuff like that. And my mom yelled at her in the store like, why are you staring at my child? And... Um, <laughs> I was just, this was a black woman. This is a black woman. So this is a classic case of yeah. internalized racism, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Wow. Um, and my mom yelled at her, and I was like walking over to where my mom was at, and I'm and I heard that, and I was like, I'm gonna turn around. <laughs> and when um, I was like, when we were waiting in line because she wanted to pay for something, I was like, what happened? And she just goes, Oh well, this, like the black lady that was helping me just kept staring at you, and she was making it a big deal to make sure. And when I questioned her about it, I was like, Mom, you didn't question her. <laughs> you yelled at her. She goes, Well, you're my kid. I'm like, You know what? True. Um, but when she did. Um, questioned her she was just like oh well i have to make sure that everybody gets help and everybody gets this and mm. then to make a point of it she went out to different people and made a really obnoxious noise it was like hi do you need help and made sure right. but the minute that she left she was just like right in the corner not doing anything right and right. these things don't have to always be racism but it's like when you've been in this system for so long you can kind of pick and differentiate when it's someone just being that's how they are and right. then someone having 
that systemic racism working for them or that right. internalized racism working for them. Right, right. Yeah. I'm sure you do have a good radar for what you know very well when you're being targeted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is a good example of male privilege that you have? Oh, my goodness. Very easy. <laughs> so husband and wife or partners work out of their house 40 hours a week each. Yet, the man seems to think that he is, and I'm going in quotes, helping (laughs) by cooking or cleaning or washing clothes. The reality is that um, even um, men that think they are um, enlightened, Mm -hmm. still, it is the woman's job, the home, the Mm -hmm. cleaning, the cooking, and it really falls on her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is true today in 2022. Mm-hmm. Even in the most progressive homes, you see the struggle. I, I, I speak to my friends, um, colleagues of mine, professional women. That is an ongoing issue. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely male privilege. That's one of the reasons why I didn't want to learn how to cook and clean. Was just because <laughs> that was like, for me, it was like, if I don't know how to do it, then no one can expect it of me. But then I was also like, but I also want to live by myself. So I need to know how to do that. That is true. It is true. But I'm just like, but if I were to ever like have a male roommate, like, I don't want that to fall on me. Like, right. especially since we're not like husband and wife, like I'm not taking or care of you. romantically involved. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like we live together, but there's nothing else. I need you to do your own laundry, please. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, how would you, like, what do you think would affect you more? Your white, um, like white privilege or male privilege? Um, I think personally you're saying how um so again i am as you know mm-hmm. my skin tone is white mm-hmm. so if i don't speak um and i don't identify as a puerto rican woman mm-hmm. uh i have the privilege of walking into a store walking amongst um uh, white people and not being targeted in any way mm-hmm. so um but as soon as i speak and my new yorker or my latina comes out um, I know that I have felt um, the sting of racism. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm 62 years old. I've lived in this in the United States of America since I was nine years old. And I have definitely felt the sting of racism in the educational system. Mm-hmm. Um, a good example I can give you was uh, when I was graduating from high school and wishing and wanting to attend college. Um, being the first generation in my family to graduate from high school and then attend college, I remember wanting to attend uh, Smith College and I had the grades for it. My teacher uh, seemed to think that I was a good candidate, but my counselor <laughs> basically said, well, I think perhaps you should go to a community college, mm-hmm. see how it goes, and then maybe you can transfer to University of Massachusetts. Uh In her white mind, white mentality, she could not think that this young Puerto Rican woman could go to Smith College, an Ivy League college. Mm -hmm. It was just not a... No, it was not imaginable. It was not a possibility. Yeah. I... (laughs) Whenever I say I want to go to Oxford, there's always that, like, shocked look of, like, really, you should try, like, a different school first. See, like, go to, and they'll name a lesser school. And I'm like, well, why? And they're like, well, because this one will be a better match for you. And I'm like, first of all, I've known you for three minutes. (laughs) 
I don't even know your name. I don't know what you mean by match. Right. <laughs> like, we're not even a match for friendship. So, <laughs> I don't know about that one. Well, then I have to confess, because as you know, when uh, you've been talking about going to Oxford forever. Mm-hmm. And um, I personally think that as it comes to in your intellect, mm-hmm. I think you're a 100% match. No question mm-hmm. about it. Um, but I... I personally would like to see you go to a, um, a, what is it called? HBCU. HBCU. Um, because I do believe in the power of, um, black students being in a black institution, Mm -hmm. um, and being, uh, supported in the way that is so essential and needed. Mm -hmm. But that does not take away from the from your dream mm-hmm. of attending um, Oxford. And, and I think eh, that's just my opinion, Milan. <laughs> I think that you could probably do your graduate work in Oxford or any other Ivy League school mm-hmm. that you see fit because you have the brain power, girl. And here's, here's this is where it gets difficult too because I know you, so I know that you're not, it's not coming from like a racist or like a I different see. mentality. It's coming from that like, well, I know you can get into Oxford. That's not questionable. That's like a given. But you're, it's like your thinking is like, you've been to white schools before. You know what it's like. And I'd want you to also be able to be mentally challenged, but not be mentally drained all the time as Correct. well. And yes. that's yes. how I know it's different. But also because like, I know you faced racism right. in its aspects too. So I'm also like, I also know that I, I just know you. Right. So it, it makes it different. When other people that I don't know comment that, it's like maybe they have your mentality, but it's like it doesn't come across that way because I don't know them. That's right. So it's like the mentality in itself is like I would rather not not have someone say that. But then at the same time, too, you're my grandmother and you're going to help me with the college process so like mm. your opinion does matter in this case well, thank you which mama. is no i didn't say that don't you, you didn't hear that okay <laughs> you didn't hear that oh i heard it i heard it <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about i don't know what you're talking about i never complimented that one i didn't say anything <laughs> um so privilege uh what's like another type of privilege you can name uh let's see um i think of um social economic privilege mm-hmm. um and you know those sometimes those two go hand in hand as we know that um white america tends to be more um uh, economically social economically stable mm-hmm. whereas black america um has been um deemed almost a second class citizen because of the skin color but also because of the lack of opportunities. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm talking about historical mm-hmm. black opportunities in education, social, economic, uh, in academia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that um, black people in America have given so much to this country mm-hmm. historically, yet um, the masses um, are still feeling the this thing and the negativity of a history of this country yep. of racism. We know this. Uh, so, you know, these are the things that are so prevalent and so obvious to so many, mm-hmm. but yet um, there is so much denial mm-hmm. 
around issues of race, racism, blackness, and the white privilege. Mm-hmm. I, whenever, when you bring that up, that always reminds me of white people that love to say, I don't face white privilege because I was born in a low-class community. I, was, I lived below the poverty line. I needed food stamps and I lived in Section 8 housing. And it just kind of shows like one, an entitlement in a way, but then also like you're trying to separate yourself because of your oppression. And it's like you can be oppressed and an oppressor at the same time. You see it every day. There are white women, they are oppressed for their sex and they are an oppressor for their race. Right. And it's just like, you can be both. And I feel like that's what's next in like education um, around privilege and, and oppressiveness. Um, that a lot of people don't understand mm-hmm. is that I can be oppressing someone right now just by existing because I have an opportunity that they do not have. Right. But they can also be oppressing me by existing as well because right. they have their white mm-hmm. and I'm not. Right. And so it goes hand in hand because right. I can be oppressing you because of hmm, like ageism. Right? right. I don't know what. There's not really. I don't have an example in mind. Yeah. But something. Yeah. And then you could be oppressing me in that same time and space right. because right. you are white passing. Right. Exactly. Yes. There is definitely um, truth to that. And so, when a white person who is poor, mm-hmm. right, they are definitely a second class citizen because their white counterpart may have uh, more social economical um, status, uh-huh. right? Uh, but that does not mean that that person doesn't have that privilege uh-huh. of their uh, skin tone. Yeah. But are they actively um, being an oppressor? Basically, by just being white, they have the privilege mm-hmm. of passing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that they're negatively saying, oh, you know, these negative things or racial slurs and this and this and that. It's just that the system allows them to be privileged mm-hmm. based on their skin tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's a complicated issue. Yeah. It, there's no question about it. Um, race, racism, blackness, whiteness, the privilege. Um, the economical status, the political status mm-hmm. of women, it's all so complicated, right? Yeah. That brings me to my next thing that I love to bring up all the time is white feminism mm-hmm. um, and the intersectionality of feminism and racism mm-hmm. and misogyny and racism, but mostly feminism and racism. Because um, I remember my black friend brought this up again, and I always have to say black friend because there's a difference when certain people bring things up to me as well just like um the situation and the space that's being held um but she brought up the fact that the leader of um feminism like one of the founders of feminism right um when she found out that black people were having rights she was upset because they were having rights before she was having rights and it was just like these black people are also fighting for your rights too and it wasn't about like um it wasn't about um, women having voting rights. It was about um, was it? no. It was it was voting rights, but it was black men getting voting rights. Right. And this white woman was upset because she. Are we talking about who are we talking about? Um, Steinem. No, I can't remember her name. 
I'll put it in the description. I can't remember her okay. name now. All I don't right. I don't 100% remember. Okay. Something probably with the S. <laughs> um, and so it just it kind of showed like your it's, I mean it's not really an entitlement. Oh, it is an entitlement in a way, but it's mm -hmm. also like I understand where you're coming from because you're upset that someone else is getting rights and you're still being treated horribly. However, when it came down to it, when white women had their rights, um, when they got their voting rights in the, 20, in the 1920s, a lot of them stopped um, working to get women of color their voting rights. And that's not all of them because obviously if, if, it, if it was all of them, black women would never have gotten their rights that early. But um, if, if it was all of them, I think there'd be a very different society that we have now, right. definitely. Um, but it just comes to show that, like, the people that, um, are being oppressed in your class, like, in the group that you guys shared oppressive right. space, um, where you're being oppressed, if they have, um, if they are an oppressor in a different space, mm -hmm. they still have that privilege that you don't have. Right. Um, right. and then, like, with white women's tears, um, there are a lot of women, white women who I can explain to them how they are oppressive just by like not understanding or um acknowledging their privilege mm -hmm. and a lot of their reactions are well i grew up being oppressed for my gender and my right. sex right and i i never discredit that because i look like this i'm not a black man i'm not saying mm -hmm. that either because i also go through that i'm a right. black woman but it's like that that fear of being right. called oppressive especially in this day and age right but for me it's like we live in a our our system is is systemic racist like systemically racist and i feel like you should just acknowledge that mm -hmm. and accept that yep. and then yep. try to keep going yes and obviously not every black person is going to want to be your friend it doesn't mean it's because you're white it can just mean that they're that you guys don't click right and not every white person wants to want to be my friend right. not because they're white or because i'm black right it's because we don't click right i mean even with that there could be underlying tones because every situation is different right but and like a generalization right that's what i mean yeah exactly. yeah yeah and i think what you are describing beautifully milan is um the intersections mm -hmm. um so when you understand as a woman mm -hmm. A black woman and a white woman woman you are oppressed mm -hmm. right because you're both females yeah now the difference between you and the white female is that you have another intersection mm -hmm. i.e your skin tone yeah so for uh any woman to understand a white woman or a latina woman like me mm -hmm. who's white skin to understand that you have a different layer mm -hmm. or an added layer not just we're discriminated against because we're women mm -hmm. but on top of that you have your dark skin tone mm -hmm. that's another intersection mm -hmm. and then let's add another intersection let's say um another woman may be from the lgbtqia community that's another oh, that's intersection also me too there we go okay <laughs> and then you may even add uh, a woman not you necessarily but ageism let's mm -hmm. say that same woman who happens to be a female who's black who's in the LGBTQIA community and is 80 years old. Mm -hmm. Another intersection. And as as a sensitive person mm -hmm. and a um, someone who can understand this, I could I should be able to say, yes, 
this is hard. Mm -hmm. There's a added layer, mm -hmm. okay, of discrimination, mm -hmm. of oppression. And, and, and if anything, one thing that I don't quite understand um, and from the white women perspective is when one wins, we all win. Mm -hmm. In other words, if we're fighting mm -hmm. and a pro-woman, mm -hmm. then we're creating a space for women. Mm -hmm. But then if that same woman supports and creates a space for a woman like you, mm -hmm. who's a woman in dark, we win. Yeah. Now, the other layer is if we all band together in the same space, a woman, black, LGBTQIA, mm -hmm. we support each other. Mm -hmm. Then you add the other layer, woman, black, LGBTQ, and then you add the layer of ageism, an 80-year-old. All that support supports mm -hmm. all of us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that... You know, we don't do as well as yeah. women. And we really need to do that a little better, right? I know there's a lot more terms now with feminism because of these things. And I agree with these terms, but at the same time, too, I feel like we should also just acknowledge that, like, the root of feminism, the description of feminism, is for equal white rights. Right. It's for humane rights. It's not yes. for anything else. That was, the, that was the original base of feminism. Other things got added to it later, and because of different areas people wanted different things of course um but that that was the base and then there's white feminism and a lot of people say it doesn't exist that's not a thing that's just mm. people being racist and i'm like you're right but it is a name because it is true and it's been here for a lot right. of history right it has a historical context so therefore it has a name right. for it exactly if it didn't have a historical context and it was new from if white feminism only existed this year i'd be like let's not name it that right let's not right. because it's new right it's not new it's right. always been here right. it has a name right. people like to say that they are an intersectional um feminist feminist And I like that term, but I also feel like people need to understand the the reasoning why you're calling yourself that right. instead of just saying I'm a feminist. Right. Why do you say that? Right. And women of color, I I believe it's solely just black women, but I'm not 100% sure. Sure. Um, have another term. It's womanist or like womanism. Womanism. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is new to me. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I only heard about it, I think like a year and a half ago. Uh -huh. And pretty much for that, it's like women of color fighting for their people's rights because of white feminism and them trying to counteract and this is a counteract of like well white women want to separate themselves and we have to do that for ourselves too mm -hmm. and it's not it came from a bad place but it stemmed to a great thing of black women right um i'm not 100 sure if it's black women or women of color because everybody has different opinions on that right and there's different things when you go to different articles but right. i'm gonna say black women for this black women have this space now for themselves Yes. And usually it's said that white women aren't like womanist because they don't have that face. But I still believe that they should be able to support that. Mm -hmm. Not identify, obviously, because it's supposed to be for black women. Right. But I definitely 100% believe that they should be able to say womanism is a great thing. It's not it's not exclusivity for a bad reason. No. It's exclusivity because of a bad reason. Right. Due to white feminism, right. we have womanism. And, and wouldn't it be great as an end goal to have some of those labels like taken off, just peel away, mm -hmm. and for us to be able to live in a society that we create a space understanding that racism exists and that every intersection adds oppression, 
on layers of oppression. Mm -hmm. And if we could all create a space to support each other. Mm -hmm. I, I really hope someday, and I've lived a long time, <laughs> and I still hope for a better tomorrow where people, for whatever oppression it is, women, people of color, black people, LGBTQ, for all of us to create a space mm -hmm. to say, you know what? Somebody else has it a little harder than me. I'm gonna go and support that. Mm -hmm. Because if you create that big space, mm -hmm. then we can really work towards ending you know, this systemic racism. Yeah. That is a huge monster, as you know. Yeah. yeah. I feel like with the wording that you're using too, I think it's correct, but then also it can like be seen as invalidating because like, oh, someone has it a little bit harder. Like that's minimizing my experience. Mm -hmm. Yes, it can be minimizing, but at the same time too, if you are a white woman, you have one layer of protection being white. Yes. I as a black woman do not have a layer of being white. I have two layers against me. Correct. Of being black yes. and a black yes. woman. Yes. And then that's only because my race is black. My ethnicity is a whole other story with Correct. three main identifiers, <laughs> which makes no. it a lot worse when it comes to oppression. I totally understand, and, and please forgive me if it, it sounded like I was trying to minimize. I think what I was trying to say, and I probably didn't say it um, well enough, was that every layer of intersection adds mm -hmm. um, that layer of oppression. So I, I want that to be very clear mm -hmm. that I do understand being a woman in this society, in a male-dominated society, mm -hmm. is one layer. Mm -hmm. and, and let me just say that again, being a woman is one layer. Mm -hmm. And being a white woman is one layer. Simply one layer. Mm -hmm. You keep adding layers by skin color, mm -hmm. as you said, by ethnicity, by economics, mm -hmm. uh, by... Geographical. Uh, geographical. E even, e even political. Mm -hmm. um, and economic, educational, all those layers. But I think in the United States of America, mm -hmm. the number one is skin color. Yeah. I do I, agree with you. If you ask different people, obviously they're going to say different things because of what is their main oppressive sure. nature. That's right. But being in a lot of groups of oppression, I can definitely say, I definitely 100% believe it's racism because it is systemic racism. Systemic racism goes, it intersects with every part of my life. Correct. Being black intersects in a way that it doesn't intersect for, say, a white person the same way. Correct. Because the systemic racism affects my education. Mm -hmm. it, it can affect your socioeconomic status, your political status, your mm -hmm. geographical status, most yes. definitely. Um, even the food intake. Mm -hmm. Even your food intake. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Living in a food Agreed. desert or a food swamp. Yep. Um, and it's something that I know some of my friends would be like, would say that they feel like disabilities or being part of the LGBTQ are a big factor for them. Yes, for it you, is. 100%, because yes. it is also for me yeah. too. However, some of those things, although they shouldn't be, can be hidden in the way that being yes. black cannot. That's right. Being that's right. disabled, whether you're autistic or you have a physical um, disability that's maybe an invisible disability or not, you can still hide. Well, if it's a physical disability, that's a little bit different. But right. if for invisible disabilities, 
you can still hide that part of you. You shouldn't right. have to, yeah. but it's still like yep. not everyone is just like, oh, that's an autistic person. People do that. That's not okay. That's a whole other issue. Right, right. Um, Understood. Yep. And being LGBTQ, I can't automatically tell that you're gay unless you have a shirt that says I'm gay. <laughs> right. Like, obviously, I have an immaculate gay radar. Mm-hmm. A gaydar, obviously. Um, but even then, I don't 100% know you're gay unless you tell me you're gay. Exactly. Versus, if I told you I was black, you'd be like, you'd look at me like, yeah, obviously. Um, <laughs> you'd be like, I did you just figure this one out? <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what? My friend did just figure out he was black the other day, so. Oh, wow. <laughs> but wow. that's just that's just from being Hispanic that you don't know if you're okay. Hispanic gotcha. or black. That's right. another issue. Right. But that's just ethnicity versus race that right. is there. Do you have any last words? No. Um, I guess my last words is that I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity for this conversation. It's a really incredible conversation to be having with my wonderful brown, black granddaughter in my country, in Puerto Rico, in the plaza, in San Juan. I'm very grateful for that, Milan. Um, So until next time, this is your Grounded Destiny podcast. Bye, guys.